whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is an actress and soul cycle instructor, which fascinates me, and we'll get into that in a little bit. It's Michelle Polera, everybody. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm doing fine. And you're here to talk about... We live on Avenue Q. We live on Avenue Q. We live on Avenue Q. You're gonna love it. We live on Avenue Q. Here's your keys. Welcome to Avenue Q. Avenue Q. Avenue Q. How did Avenue Q come into your life? You know, it's Avenue Q has always been one of those shows that um, I. It's actually the first show that I listened to the cast album before I saw the show, and I fell in love with the show on its own. And I remember, uh, for me, a very specific time in my life. I, it came out what in two thousand three. Yeah, um, and I had I graduated high school in two thousand five. Do the math. Sure. Um, and, uh, I remember, exactly. (laughs) Um, I remember, um, in a musical class, like someone gave me, um, the song, there's a fine, fine line. And I was, uh, working the song and then I, I listened to the, um, album and, then after I went to college, it, I just kept on listening to it and it kept on kind of sitting with me. Every single song has like something that relates to me at the time where I was. And um, I remember specifically one time I was in my car and I was listening to the album as a whole. And it was like maybe three weeks before I was moving to New York, right after college. And I was like, going to do my thing and I was going to find my purpose. (laughs) And like, it just like sat with me in a way that was just like every single thing that came out of this album was like exactly what I needed to hear. Um, and then I also have a dear friend of mine, um, shout out to Lisa Helmy Johansson. She lives in New York and she has been doing the show in New York for uh, quite some time. So I saw it. Yeah. She played, um, Christmas Eve. Um, and then she also played Kate Monster. So I, I've seen it a couple of times and every time I see it, it's just, it kind of connects a little bit Mm -hmm. with me. And, and it's interesting because, you know, it was done in 2003, but like a lot of the themes, we're still dealing with now and I think there's a lot of a lot of um, topics that are sensitive and the way this musical's done it's in a way where we can like address the topics without being harsh Mm -hmm. to either each other or to you know yeah the general public and all of that I got you so that's I think one of the reasons it's like you can listen to it and be like yeah my shit's not together yet that's okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'll figure yeah. it out one day. You. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this show came out, like I say, 2003, which was the year after I graduated from college. Mm, so I'm it resonated. Yes, yeah, do the math. I'm 77 <laughs> years old. Uh, and it uh, it was, yeah, shockingly relevant to, mm-hmm. to my life. Um, I remember seeing it on the Tonys. It was the first time I ever heard of it. And they did It Sucks to Be Me. And just sort of sitting up very straight watching this being like this this feels very me right now yeah. um 
And yeah, I saw it. My wife and I saw it in New York in 2007, I think, in on Broadway. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it's a phenomenal show, I think. And and like you say, I think surprisingly timeless. Before we talk about that, though, I want to ask if, for people who don't know if you could give a quick synopsis of uh, of Avenue Q. Do you think you could do that? I can try. Sure. I'm sure you can. You know, we'll supplement. Yeah, you, yeah. We'll go you back can and forth. you can help me when I'm all we'll over the place. Pong. Yeah. Um, so the storyline behind it is, um, pretend that you're an adult version of Sesame Street. So, um, we'll start by saying that like many of the characters are puppets and, uh, and they also interact with, uh, some humans that are also on stage. Um, but they're on this, uh, we will pretend it's a New York style, um, town. It's on Avenue Q. Mm -hmm. And um, this guy named, what's his name again? Princeton. Princeton. This guy named Princeton. He shows up, just graduated from college with a BA in English. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with himself. And he finds an apartment sign for rent and he moves in and he's just trying to figure out his life. And then you see these, all these other characters that have, they're, they're all in different places in their life, but they're relatively around, I mean, anywhere between you know, the ages of like 22, I think, and like 30s. Um, and they're all kind of trying to figure their, their selves out. And in the process, he then, um, there's, you know, a love interest between him and Kate Monster, who is another character who is just a warm-hearted girl who's also trying to figure herself out. She's just a kind person that wants to make the world a better place. And, um, and through the process, you kind of get to see where all these people started, and then you get to see where they where they end, which is some of them not much different, right. um, it, you know. But it's like it's like kind of a, like a day in the life of that of where people are in Avenue Q. Mm -hmm. um, as far as arcs, all the characters have their own individual arcs, but it's not um, it's not like they're all going out on an adventure in the first scene, and then they, right. they find the holy grail in the last scene, you know. Well, they kind of do. You have, well, I guess uh, they have that school, yeah. They have the school for monsters, yeah. Because you the have school for you have um, Christmas Eve and Brian, who are a married mm -hmm. couple. Uh, Brian, who says he's thirty three and trying to be a stand up comic. Yeah, and, and he just got fired from just a catering got fired job. From his catering job, <laughs> um, got laid off. I should say, yeah. Get, yeah. And then um, he said, "You have Kate Monster, you have Rod and Nikki, who are the Bert and Ernie Rod and characters. Nikki, Bert and Ernie, uh, and Rod is." Uh, gay and closeted and Nikki is his roommate who's trying to make him come out and varying levels of success throughout the show and oh, then yes. you have their landlord Gary Coleman who <laughs> is Gary Coleman played by a woman played by a woman usually yeah now it's in the professionals production uh, <laughs> he was still alive when the show opened oh <laughs> I really wonder how they d dealt with it after he died um but that's a whole other that's conversation. <laughs> and it is Gary Coleman. It's the real, I should say, it's the real Gary yeah. Coleman. It's the whole big thing in the show. Oh, my God, it's Gary Coleman. So Well, and that whole song on the It Sucks to Be Me. Yes. And it ends, and every character has their own their own story on why it sucks to be them. And then Gary Coleman right. wins. Wins, yes. <laughs> it's like it everyone's everyone like. everyone else feel better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Gary Coleman. Yes, I am. I'm Gary Coleman from TV's Different Strokes. I made a lot of money that got stolen by my folks. Now I'm broke and I'm the butt of everyone's jokes. But I'm here, the superintendent on Avenue Q. It sucks to be you. You win. It sucks to be you. I feel better now. Try having people stopping you to ask you, what you talking about, Willis? It gets 
old. And then you have Trekkie Monster, who is Cookie Monster, basically, mm-hmm. uh, who who loves pornography. Loves porn. And yes, that's pretty much his whole his whole thing. And makes a lot of money. And makes a lot of money. As we find <laughs> out at the end because he invests in porn. Um, and yeah, it is really a character study. The only through the through lines are like you say. Uh, purpose is Princeton's I Want song mm-hmm. who just wants to find his purpose like it's a really basic yeah. thing and Kate wants to open this special school for monsters and find a boyfriend that's like a big right. thing that's a big for thing her. for her yes and then the sort of go through those the through lines of those of the various dreams that they have and how they morph and change and like you say they don't change that much but they change no. a little bit and Rod comes out at the yeah. end and finds a boyfriend <laughs> that looks exactly scene. like Nikki but, yeah. buff. but buff he comes out and he's like got no shirt on and he, he's like huge and, he's a and sexy yeah, oh yeah these are all puppets big sexy puppet there is full frontal puppet nudity oh, and, and puppet sex in this show um it's yeah. so uncomfortable. It is super uncomfortable. Like when you're watching it, it act I mean, even just listening to the track. Like yeah. listening to the track has made like it makes me uncomfortable yeah. to listen to. It's supposed to. It's I supposed think. to. Yeah. And they're so good at it. They're and so it's good graphic. at making it. Oh like, my they god. Really, I, I would have loved to have seen the day that they choreographed Oh yeah. You can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love because it is just like the coordination involved in like them flipping the puppets over. Oh and my gosh, and it's perfect. And oh, it's so funny. It's so well done. The puppetry in the show is, I mean, it's great. incredible. Mm-hmm. And it makes, the cast album as a whole is um, stunning. But when you see it, when you see it done um, with the puppets and, and what the actors can do in making them move in those ways, it's mm-hmm. just, it's fascinating. Yeah. You get so distracted by watching that. Well, and I like the fact that they don't, they don't disguise the fact that it's puppets. That yeah. was something that really caught my eye when they did it on the Tonys was that it's not like you have people behind a wall mm-hmm. doing the puppets. Like the actors doing the puppets are right out in yeah. front of you. Even the two-handers like Nikki and Cookie Monster that mm-hmm. have, are those sort of, uh, the Ernie, like I said, or um, i trying to think of the two-headed monster in Sesame Street where you have like two people's hands in and then you know one hand on the top um, that require two operators. They're right out there on stage. They're just all there. Mm-hmm. Acting and interacting. And it's a really interesting choice. It's a fascinating thing to watch. But then halfway through it, um, at least this is how I felt, is I stopped looking at, mm-hmm. you stop looking at the actors. The actors yeah. start to become, in the beginning, you're watching them the whole time because you're fascinated about how they're doing it. And then, you know, once you once you settle into to the idea of what's going on, it's like you're watching the puppets and when the puppet is sad, you are mm-hmm. sad. And when, like, they're having sex, you're watching the puppets have sex. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and it's so, it's so good. Yeah, it's great. It's it's really it's a really impressive thing to watch people the good puppeteers do. And mm-hmm. in the original cast of this, they had a couple Sesame Street vets, Henson uh, Henson vets doing the puppeting, mm-hmm. and it looks or puppeteering, excuse me, it looks really really great. So, but this brings up something that probably should be talked about. Did you watch Sesame Street as a small child? You know what? I I um, this is something. Puppets always freaked me out as a kid. Oh. Yeah, which is weird that like hmm, and, and I yeah. watched I watched Sesame Street. I I, I did watch it and I I, I enjoyed it, but I, it, it kind of always freaked me out a little bit. Hmm. Um and it's the same as like clowns. Like clowns right. kind of it's it's kind of the same feel. How like, do you feel about like costume like Disney like uh Mickey oh, they're Mouse great. and stuff? And, they're okay. Great. Oh, okay. They're great. Like, There's so you something go to Disney about World and you see Mickey yeah, Mouse. They're and you're fine. Down. Okay. And like and obviously like the Sesame Street, like as a kid, you know, there are um, I don't even what are what are their 
You have Cookie Monster and you have Cookie Monster, Bert, Ernie, uh, uh, Elmo, Big Bird, Elmo, Oscar, Elmo. I was a fan of Elmo. Well, yeah. I was a. Fa- I think it's everybody mandatory. was. You I have, have six month old twins, and those girls they haven't watched TV, but they've heard the songs and like Elmo's voice. They both just like. Oh, oh my sit gosh! Up yes. and turn. It's something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but there's that, something about Kevin it. Kevin Clash found a magical mm-hmm. voice, and it just absolutely works it, on every single child. Totally, yeah. totally. No, it's it's one of those things where, as a kid, I, I, I as I got older, they started to freak me out a little. I, I mm. don't really know why. And okay. then, and then, um, obviously, I, that's why. At some point, I turned on. Yeah, I got over it. I got over it because now this is like one of my favorite shows. So, and I, I literally can watch Avenue Q is one of those shows I can watch any anytime mm-hmm. like there are some there's some musicals where you're like i've seen it once yeah even if you've seen it twice you're like okay mm-hmm. and that's that's good but this is one that like if i ever had um friends coming to new york when i was living in new york it's like they'd be going to see that and mm-hmm. you know and if any if it's ever in dc it's like that's where i'm gonna go yeah you know um it, it never gets old no it really it's so funny how because it is it feels very specific to me mm-hmm. it feels very 2003 to me and i was sort of convinced i thought this is great this is current and then like 2005 will roll around and it'll just sort of like fade Mm -hmm. away as a lot of shows do but it ran until 09 on broadway and then immediately it's amazing decision something i don't think a lot of shows i don't know if any other shows have done went because it went from off broadway to broadway that's you know popular to do then it went back like six to months later. No, like a month later. I oh, found. really? I thought it was oh. six months later. It closed in September of 09 and opened in October of oh, 09. Oh, my God. Off-Broadway um, and uh, at New World Stages. And it's been running there ever since. So it's been running from two th- in New York from 2003 to present day. It's been running for 14 years. And that is remarkable. And for a show that gets sarcastic, ironic, and dark in some pretty serious moments pretty immediately um, too yeah pretty with the bad news bears it yeah. uh or the bad idea bear, oh bad God. idea bears i loved them who are not on the cast album which was that's a fun i remember when i saw it and i didn't know they existed mm-hmm. and then when they came out and it was like oh oh this is <laughs> this is okay this is dark it's, like this yeah. is fun yeah who get him to drink and do yeah oh my god they're just <laughs> it's so good it's so good it is a really yeah it's such a such a wonderful play on that but it is a very positive show it has a lot of mm-hmm. simple positive happy energy especially at the end um especially for a show that ends on such an ambiguous note with a song like for now which is just you know everything's fine like literally right now yeah and okay like yeah. and that's got to be good enough it's such a bizarre note for a musical mm-hmm. or any show really to end on like well yeah we'll see because princeton and kate monster date and then break up. And then break up, yeah. And then don't really get back together in the way that you would expect at a musical. You'd expect them to kind of music swells and kiss and they're together. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, and she says, can we take it one day at a time? And that's kind of it. That's sort of where they leave Which it. Which I kind of, I love I that. I love it. Oh, absolutely. I love that there's not a, you know, um, <laughs> my, my first instinct is uh, like this... Sh- Shakespearean comedy type of mm-hmm. type of thing where it's like everyone's devastated like like we put Twelfth Night in it and it's like everyone's devastated and everyone all of a sudden this man is a woman and this and then they're like oh wait hold on let's switch it around everyone's happy right. you know in like one scene mm-hmm. the world is different and every and everybody's you know happy for the right. rest of their lives it's like it's nice that this is not that it's nice that um, 
it's like the very first song they're talking about how disappointing life is mm. but even the musical theme is in oh, such a pot it's so it, happy it's so different than the lyrics that are being mm-hmm. said yeah. you know the theme throughout the entire musical is so positive and they're saying things that are like devastating yeah. but they're still positive about it i mean uh what's that song Schadenfreude. Oh, yes. You know? And it's it's all so true, right? (laughs) It's so good. Right now you are down and out and feeling really crappy. I'll see. And when I see how sad you are, it sort of makes me happy. Happy. Sorry, Nikki. Human nature. Nothing I can do. It's not very nice, Gary. I didn't say it was nice. But everybody does it. Did you ever clap when a waitress falls and drops a tray of glasses? Yeah. And ain't it fun to watch figure skaters falling on their asses? Sure. Don't you feel all warm and cozy watching people out in the rain? You bet. That's schadenfreude. People taking pleasure in your pain. Oh, schadenfreude, huh? What, what's that, some kind of Nazi word? Yup, it's German for happiness at the misfortune of others. Happiness at the misfortune of others. That is German. Yes, a word that I think this show really pushed into the lexicon in a serious way. People, <laughs> Everyone knows what schadenfreude, schadenfreude is. Yeah. yeah, these days. Um because yeah, the characters go through some stuff. I mean, they mm-hmm. get they lose their jobs, they lose their apartments. I mean, yeah. Nikki is like, Nikki loses his. He becomes he homeless. becomes homeless in, in Schadenfreude mm-hmm. <laughs> and makes Gary Coleman feel good. The characters really, really, really go through a lot of crap. Well, they talk like, about. I think it's this idea of perspective. Like in in um, it sucks to be me. Everybody's talking about their different story and the perspective behind it all it's like well no it doesn't suck to be you it sucks to be me Mm -hmm. and then fast forward through the musical and like you find that perspective is such a key aspect to it it's like Mm -hmm. okay my life isn't as terrible as yours right and that's where we get into schadenfreude it's Mm -hmm. like okay well your life sucks more so i have every reason to be happy with mine you know and then (laughs) and and like it's dark but it's true Mm -hmm. You know, most of these songs are they come. I mean, all of these songs come from a place of truth, which is why it's still being talked about now. And, you know, songs like If You Were Gay and Everybody's a Little Bit Racist. And it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, it's sensitive times now. But all these topics are like, well, yeah. But that's the thing about the show is sort of, I think, for a show that I felt was of its time. It's in a lot of ways is ahead of its time, like in Mm -hmm. in its topics. It's dealing with stuff that. I mean, people were talking about, but everyone's a little bit racist is a pretty profound statement for for any show to make. You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. I guess we're both a little bit racist. Admitting it is not an easy thing to do. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. Look around and you will find no one's really colorblind. Maybe it's a fact we 
should face. Everyone makes judgments based on race. They, they, they really get away with it in the great sense that we don't quite know what monsters are. Yeah. In the same way we don't on Sesame Street. We just, we have Cookie Monster mm -hmm. and you have Telly Monster and, uh, you know, is Oscar a monster? We don't really know. Elmo's a monster. Grover's a monster. But, like, what is that, what is monster? Like, what yeah. does that mean? And Kate Monster just seems to be a little furrier than, like, Princeton. <laughs> that's and that's kind of the only distinguishing physical characteristic. Yeah. But she's a monster. She's Kate yeah. Monster. She's a monster. And that's what kicks off the song is yeah. that... Princeton asks if all monsters are related, uh, which is just so funny. And because their last name is Monster. I mean, it's a little, it's a weird moment for the show, but it works as a parallel. I think it's also how they can get away with it. But that's what I mean. They, they add this level of ambiguity because they add, I mean, there's Asians and African-Americans mm -hmm. and monsters. Like, <laughs> what is that? You know, yeah. that, that little, that little in-between level really makes the whole thing kind of amorphous and you can kind of like throw all these bits on it because in any other show the character of Christmas Eve who is Asian and speaks with a very stereotypical mm -hmm. Asian accent mm -hmm. and I have seen it would be terrible terribly racist and I have seen Christmas Eve played by a white woman and it is horrifyingly racist when that happens yeah and if you're out there and you're at a community theater don't do oh that oh my gosh I, yeah i've never if you can't find an asian woman to play <laughs> don't do then it don't do avenue q i'm really sorry you can't because you're killing the joke it's like yeah. having a white person play gary coleman which it you can't do I, now that i haven't seen i have seen a man play gary coleman who had a very like high falsetto and it was very funny but i feel like you could get away with that you could cause... do that yeah but christmas eve yeah. has to be played by an asian actress just absolutely has to be and i love the fact that she is kind of the most racist person in oh. everyone's and admits to it. i'm sorry honey i love you and i love you but you're racist too yes i know the jews have all the Is the funny thing no. like it really shouldn't work? You know what? I'm curious too if if this musical was produced for the first time, like today. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it would be received the same way. I don't know. I mean, it's an unanswerable question. Yeah, it, it is. But it's it's it. There's because of there's such a sensitive. There's so much in this musical that is like sensitive material and it's done in a way where it's easy to watch and it's easier to listen to. But right now in our time, I'm like, I'm curious to how it well, be this gets into political correctness in a kind of serious yeah. way. And I think I'll make a bold statement. I think this show is politically correct because to me, political correctness is such a terrible term because nobody yeah. can define it. But to me, political correctness is simply the act of respecting other people's differences mm -hmm. and how they live their lives. And this show, in my opinion, is not ever disrespectful. It's irreverent, yeah. but it is never disrespectful. Yeah. It treats everything with the same level of absurdity. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. But that's also so, yeah. why you think puppets are necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you true. know, that you have to approach it in in such a, a light way 
and start it off so the audience can see that this is where they're going to go. And then you can go to the absurd and they'll go on that road with you Mm -hmm. because it's so absurd. So then they can make those statements that they want to make. So when you were, you first encountered the show when you were middle of high school. Mm-hmm. Is, is that true or do you get it was, you it was coming it towards, I, towards I, the end yeah i found okay. it towards the end it towards was right before going to college um, you can't yeah so you came into you were in a transition sort of period in your life did mm-hmm. you find it i mean did it speak to you on that level or were you just like this is fun like what where was the no it spoke mm-hmm. yeah it spoke to me um i think each each song kind of spoke to me a little bit differently and every time i go back to it a different song hits um, I mean, they're they're fun, short songs, but mm-hmm. there's things that are a little bit deeper. I think at the time, um, too, there, I remember specifically there was a time when I was um, ending a relationship and I was also singing There's a Fine, Fine Line. And like that hit me in a different way. And then when I graduated college, purpose was like a real one. That one, that one's always, I think that one's like a life song because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're always trying to find your darn purpose. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they connected with me in, in, and, and helped me. I, I always listen to music while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, you know, I'm driving by myself, belting out the songs and, you know, emotions come out, whatever it may be. Um, but they definitely, they definitely hit home. Some more than others, but um, there, there are some that, that kind of took me to another level. And specifically, I felt more comfortable where I was um, listening to these songs because it's, yeah, there's a little bit of a, um, even in some of the songs that were a little negative. It's it's kind of like for now. It's like okay, well, this is how I can feel for now. Everything's mm-hmm. gonna be okay, you know. Um, so it it definitely put me a little bit more at ease. I stopped putting, I have a tendency to put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and an actor puts pressure. On yeah. Himself. Right. What? <laughs> um, but I think the fact that it is so lighthearted, um, and it also kind of, um, is, you know, um, I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's an energy behind it that kind of put me at ease before going to college or Mm -hmm. before, you know, going to New York. Um, Every time I was going somewhere on my own, Mm -hmm. this would be like kind of a musical that... that Yeah, it's a very... Yeah, I get me get that. Obviously, it's very positive, upbeat, like I say, major key, except for like one or two songs. Um, And it's very much for um, early 20s. Like people that are, you know, it's like they're, they know their audience Mm -hmm. because the people who wrote it at the time, it was like, I mean, it was basically, um, from their experience, Mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of it was, um, I mean, there weren't puppets in their life, but a lot of it was relatively autobiographical, autobiographical. Yeah. Well, they kind of were, I mean, it's, I mean, it's obviously it's written by, by Jeff Marks and uh, future EGOT winner, uh, Robert Lopez, Mm -hmm. uh, he of, of Book of Mormon and Frozen. He's doing fine. Yeah. He's, he's doing great. (laughs) But like uh, like Marx was a I, I know I don't know much about him I know that he was a lawyer uh, who kind of quit being a lawyer to go work on shows and stuff so like he it. has that yeah, yeah. but I'm saying like he he has that like do what he's supposed to do and mm-hmm. then like like you know switched and does the other thing um, and so it's uh, they're they're an interesting pairing to write uh, 
the show and and to to work you know and he works a lot in children jeff marks works a lot in children's television obviously robert lopez has gone to work for disney so (laughs) they they've got it figured out on on some level um but the songs really i mean it's it is funny that you say it's for somebody in their in their 20s they're both a little bit older than i am and this show feels like it was written for me yeah because of all of the little hallmarks that cut like all the little like the the specificity of Sesame Street, but not necessarily the Sesame Street that you grew up with, but mm-hmm. more the Sesame Street that I grew up with, because it is funny, and I didn't realize this till I had a child, how different Sesame Street is now to the way it was yeah. when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, kids, uh, mm-hmm. Sesame Street was like, the street itself, like the set, looked a lot more like what like a Brooklyn neighborhood or a Queens neighborhood mm-hmm. looked like it was kind of dirty mm-hmm. and there was trash on the ground and there was some graf- like not graffiti, but there was stuff written on the walls. And yeah, now it looks like, I don't know, like Rhode Island Avenue does right really? now. Like it's like super gentrified up in a weird way. It's all bright and colorful and kind of positive. Really? And yeah. It's a really weird turn that it's yeah. taken. And Avenue Q is dirty. Like Avenue Q, yeah. the set is a dirty, depressing you know, fictitious, mm-hmm. I guess, neighborhood in the Lower East Side of, of Manhattan. It's kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can place Alphabet it there. City yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Because he says, I started at Avenue A. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> kept walking. He said he couldn't afford anything. Kept from... walking east until he was, I don't know, hit this mythological place. Um, <laughs> but it, so it, it feels like it's written directly. For, and songs like, the big song that I always, I cannot believe still, it still works and it's still in the show is Mixtape. Mm-hmm. Like mixtape oh, is just so specific, yes. I feel, to people literally my age. Like a mixtape. Oh, he made a mixtape. Oh, he was thinking of me, which shows he cares. Sometimes when someone has a crush on you, they'll make you a mixtape to give you a clue. Mixtapes were mm-hmm. like, there was a 10-year gap where mixtapes were a thing, and I like lived right in the center of well, it. I, I don't know what you're talking about, because I remember my first- Do you? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, my God. There was a, uh, it was like this boy in high school, and he gave me a mixtape, and I was like, what does this mean? It was literally the oh, whole song. Great. It's like, what does this mean? Does this oh, mean he likes me? Great. Does he not like me? Like, I don't understand. Oh, my God. Yeah. I made so many mixtapes. It, like... it turned into CDs pretty quickly. Like where, for same. where I am. I know. That's you know? so sad though because yeah. it's just not the same. Yeah. CDs I, are better than playlists, but it is like. Oh, now it's like, here I emailed you a playlist. <laughs> is that even what it is? I, I don't, don't know. even know. I mean, I made a playlist on Spotify. Look at it. That's right. <laughs> that's it. Right? You know? But yeah. then everybody can look at it. Like yeah. In that we- like, yes. I don't. It's, I don't know. It. Oh my gosh. Who even knows? If anyone's listening to this, make me a mixtape, please. <laughs> I want. I want. If you can find a blank cassette, just bring it to Soul Cycle and tell them to give it to Michelle. (laughs) Go to any Soul Cycle in the United States. Any Soul Cycle and just say, "Give this to Michelle." This is for Michelle. It will find its way to where it needs to go. I don't Uh, even have a tape player. (laughs) I was gonna ask. That was my next question. I don't. Yeah. I don't have one in my. I can tell you right now. They're just. They're just gone. But it was this wonderful. It lasted into college. I made mixtapes into college, where like you just made these tapes for people, and they listen to them did you make it um like it's it's where you would play something on one and you'd record on tape deck you mean yeah. tape to tape i did tape have i had a double tape and cd thing yeah so okay. i could mix off tapes as well as cds but there was a generation problem because you didn't want to put 
like if you had a copy like a mixtape and you then tried to transfer it to a copy it wouldn't sound that great there was yeah. this like generation loss so you had to be really careful with that like where your source tapes were coming from and how much you'd played the tape so i would often borrow cd's from people to like put mixtapes together I... it would take a day is the other yeah. thing like making a mixtape takes a long time and it was this sort of i feel like it was just as cathartic for the person making the tape like it, it, to the, it, I mean, if not more so than to giving it to the person, because you had to work so hard at like and I had I didn't have like rules for him exactly. But it was the thing of like, I know a lot of people who made tapes where like this, they would just have the last song on side one just run out mm-hmm. and then either start it up again on side two or just forget it. Like mm-hmm. the song didn't fit and move on. And I was not having that. Like I would have to pare it out in such a way so they're like it would fit but there wouldn't be like so much dead space at the end of side two like or side one to flip you oh, over to side see, two see i i never i was lazy oh, yeah. oh gosh i was i was i was anal about it there's no, no other word to but put it's it. it's so good it t- you, the time that it takes and the effort and the the amount that you've planned out to make that yeah. happen it makes it a genuinely beautiful gift right you know now it's like but she still wouldn't leave her boyfriend for me michelle why not <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Ooh. And we're back. <laughs> it was 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. But it was something that everybody did. I mean, the other yeah. thing was like a lot of people did it. It kind of has this vibe, I think, now that people are like, oh, it was just like nerds like me, like sitting there with your deck. But like, mm-hmm. uh, like people made tapes for each other. People made it. Tons of stuff. And, and they also could be just people made tapes of like, oh, you got to hear this band here. Let me put like, a, I mean, make a greatest hits album for you mm-hmm. and hand it to you so you can listen to it. it. It was so it was a it was like this very real method of communication when you couldn't just find music. But also head. the mixtape because mm-hmm. she like she yeah. says the song. She does. It's a terrible. It's mix an tape. awful mixtape. It is awful. <laughs> Let's see. You've got a friend. The theme from Friends. That's what friends are for. Oh, but look, a whole new world. Kiss the girl, my sherry amour. Oh, Princeton, he does like me. <laughs> I am the walrus. Fat bottom girls. Yellow submarine. What does this mean? Everything about it is terrible. And it's like, I like the themes that it goes around and it's like the second song is the friends theme song. Right. You've like, got a friend, the theme for friends, that's what friends are for. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's such a bad mixtape. I think I I don't think I ever made it. I wanted to. Because I don't have all the songs. I have most of them. And I always wanted to make a playlist of it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do that. And then listen to them because I feel like it would stink. Like they don't would, yeah. go together no. very well. And they, there's no build. There's no like, it is just, I mean, it's not, obviously when they were writing the song, they were picking the funniest yeah. song titles. I don't, I don't you know, think I they the were Walrus, actually. I am the Walrus, Fat Bottom Girls, Yellow yeah. Submarine. Like, yeah, what does this mean? You know, <laughs> and very good, very good question. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Um, and yeah, they have a uh, Good Night Saigon from the Russia yeah. concert. Yeah. is I honestly felt like that was literally a joke for me because I knew it was one of the few things where I was like, I know exactly, I have the Russia concert, I have Billy Joel's Russia album, and I know what he's talking about. And I also know why he picked it because it is kind of a more cool version because it has Mm -hmm. this like huge chorus in it. And it was just when I remember the first time I heard that, I had to stop the CD. I was laughing so hard. Really? Good Night Saigon from the Russia Russia concert. (laughs) 
and her reaction of oh yeah she's great which is so perfect yeah for that like oh it sounds i mean you obviously care a lot about that it's yeah it's a terrible mixtape. it's tape. a terrible it's a terrible tape. terrible mixtape ends well though yeah with that great jim croce song yeah which is just yeah i remember oh god i love that song in high school it's like this the ultimate romantic love song of, mm-hmm. like i have to say i love you yeah. song. oh my god I, you don't even need to listen to the song to feel just the all. title yeah oh, oh my god the title is perfect it make it just knock you down that's a great like middle school dance song i can tell you the first time i heard avenue q's mixtape oh, okay um i was heartbroken at the end when he was like oh i'm gonna do one for everyone else too yeah. i was like uh. heartbroken and I didn't even, see, this is before I saw the mm-hmm. musical. I was just like listening to the song and the song just broke my heart at the end. Mm-hmm. Was, well, and then it ends, but it ends on that sweet where she, she I'll tell you, Kate Monster really goes on to like a roller coaster mm-hmm. in this with the, I mean, song by song title. She's confused. She's reading into it. She's trying not to read into it. They go through the second side together. And like I say, it has moments of fun and then like weirdness. But then he says that and takes us all the way down. And then when he swings it all the way back up and mm-hmm. she's like, you mean a date? And she just ends on that little, he likes me. And you're just like, oh, yeah. like, thank God. Like, Please. Because you really don't know. This song could go in so many different ways. It ends in that great, like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, but the, even the way he says yes, it's like almost. You it's still very don't, wishy-washy. Yeah, yeah, you still don't know. Like a date? Sure, a date. It'll be a blast. I'd love to come. Oh, okay. Well, I'll see you then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. He likes me. It's a remarkable achievement. It really has that that feeling of just like, I don't know how you pulled this off. Because mm-hmm. it's also not, it's not a sketch show. Yeah. You know, like the scenes do, there are songs that you could sort of full excise from the show. Like, I'm not wearing underwear today. Like I'm, not wearing <laughs> underwear today. <laughs> I'm not wearing underwear today. No, I'm not wearing underwear today. Not that you probably care much about my underwear. Still, nonetheless, I gotta say that I'm not wearing underwear today. Honey, I feel like I feel like they're um, just like, what can we put in here? Here you go. And and they 30 also seconds. when they've done this thing where they've they've there is a high school version of this show. There is. Um, yeah. It's called Avenue Q, the school edition, which my my cousin's high school just did. My cut co- my cousin's Catholic high school, I should say, <gasps> just did. And they change. They excise. Um, let me just pull the list here. So they excise my girlfriend who lives in Canada and you can be as loud as the hell you want. Like they're just gone. Gone. The Internet is for Porn is replaced with new lyrics for a song called My Social Life is Online. And the character of Trekkie Monster, instead of being obsessed with porn, is obsessed with social media. Okay. Which, okay. Um, and then Mrs. Tisseltwat, Mrs. Thistletwat and Lucy the Slut are renamed Mrs. Butts and just Lucy. And um, I think the Bad Idea Bears are gone. But this is like something that um, Jeff Marks and uh, Robert Lopez worked with at Music Theater International to kind of create a show so that high schoolers could do it because which i usually That's interesting and i'm usually kind of like i don't know how i feel about yeah. that sort of rewriting to to make more people do it but it still retains that underlying message which mm-hmm. as you know is i think very important for high school students to yeah. hear 
and perform and see like no no like there's there's all this stuff that's going to happen to you very soon and yeah like, you, you're not going to be able to keep all the lessons of the show in your head while you're going through it but then afterwards maybe you can be like oh right I yeah. Re- yeah like now this i can is- tell you i had a um my my sister is 13 years younger than me and when she came to new york i wanted to take her to see avenue q but mm-hmm. she was at the time she was too young oh, okay like she she was i think she was maybe fifth which isn't too young yeah, it's but it's just bored. on the cusp it's, yeah, yeah it's right it's like 16 you would have been fine exactly probably, yeah. it's like right on that age where i'm like i'm not quite sure if this you is something wanna, i yeah. should take you to um and i was bummed out about it because mm-hmm. I, I it was one of those shows that i was like i feel like she should see it mm-hmm. but it's just a hair a hair too immature i mean a, a hair too um, mature for her right and um so that that's interesting that they turned it into a yeah a high school musical that's right that's kind of because cool. I mean, when my aunt told me that that was the show they were doing, I said, "No, no, 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 they're not. Like, yeah, you're, you're you you misheard. Somebody told you the wrong thing." Did they change any of the lyrics in um, other songs? Like they must do like minor trims. I feel like they here and there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like "Sucks to Be Me" is as is, um, and yeah, I guess probably I all like... the profanity has to be like just excised entirely. Um, yeah. Which isn't that, there's not that much of it. No. Because that's the other thing about this show, is that you can do that to the show because it is puppets having sex, and like Kate Monster says the first expletive of the of the show, which is hilarious, but it's used so sparingly. Mm-hmm. It never gets obsessed with its own gimmick, yeah. which I think is why the gimmick works. It really takes its gimmick seriously. This is a show about puppets and people coexisting, just like on Sesame Street, Mm-hmm. And yes, like the songs are all jokey kind of songs about serious topics, but the topics are serious. And so we will like everyone's a little bit racist, as we talked about before, gets into some stuff, like gets into some yeah. real ideas. It isn't just a bunch of puppets and people like saying racist words, like yeah. which would be a, that's a different show. This is we're really going to look at this from like a very simplistic, almost childlike view of like, no, we're all a little bit racist. Then okay, and the song does kind of come down against political correctness. They say like one of the last lyrics is. If we all could just admit that we are racist a little bit, and everyone stop being so PC. Again, I think that ties into the fact that like there's no one definition for what political correctness is. Yeah. But it is that idea of like and that's a very current idea. Like if we just all can we all just admit <laughs> that we have this problem and then put it out there first and then so we'll we can see. talk like, about and it. And then let's see where we're going. Yeah, yeah. It's that terrible thing of like you don't want to be labeled racist, so like I'm not a racist, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not what that song is. Like the song could very easily be like I'm you could have a song in this show called I'm not a racist, but and that's not it. This is just like, no, no, we all have these things that we say and we think. Yeah. And they're all terrible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. It is like, what it so is. So why don't we just admit to it? And most the of the time place. it's not through any sort of ill will. Most of the time it's from ignorance. Yeah. You know, it's it's from not knowing. Like like the fact that Princeton didn't know that, that – yeah, asking if they're saying. related, if if the monsters are related, right. he didn't even realize that that was racist. Right, it was- but it's it's funny that you just made me realize something that like 
all of the characters in this show, whenever they have a problem, it's a problem of not kind of acknowledging who they are. Yeah. Like, you know, Princeton wants to find his purpose and keeps going in the wrong, like kind of denying his own goals. And that gets him into trouble with Kate and gets him into trouble with other people. Kate has identity crises about being a teacher and about what she wants and, and postponing her happiness a little bit, like in starting this school, but also gets really uncomfortable around Lucy and then makes some terrible Mm -hmm. decisions. Uh, And, you know, the the biggest hallmark of that is Rod. And I mean, Rod, completely yeah. dis, like not acknowledging who he is and isn't until he acknowledges openly who he is, like not only to himself, but to other mm-hmm. people. I mean, there's no the song My Girlfriend Who Lives in Canada, which is hilarious, is it, also the saddest thing in the oh, world. Oh, it's well, and it comes right after um, what's the song? The fan, um, Fantasies Come True. Fantasies Come yeah. True, which is also heartbreaking yes. to listen to. Because it's like you, it's when he comes to terms with, or at least acknowledges to himself how mm-hmm. he feels, yeah. and and then he goes into complete denial. Because yes. the next song is "My Girlfriend Lives in Canada," yeah. and it's it's so sad to watch. But then when you see his growth, I, th- I actually think he might have the the largest arc in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's not. I mean, he's a supporting character, but I think his his arc is is tremendous. It's such a sensitive, hard topic that mm-hmm. to do it in any kind of way uni- that is in any way universal you have to it has to be a puppet it has yeah. to be somebody that literally no one and everyone can identify with simultaneously because the puppet's going through the well thing. and to make him part of the you know Bert and Ernie relationship yes. is perfect yes it's not just a random puppet it's a puppet that when you see him on stage you know, you know exactly who they're what the relationship yeah. is yes you know that they're like best friends for life but yeah. but Everyone has that question about Bert and Ernie anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's it's been there so we can relate quickly because we already know the yeah, idea of the that. character. And such a great I mean, fantasies come true. I mean, it is tragic in it's, that in it's that so way. Like hard. it really that fooled me so oh, hard. Oh, me too. Because you just think it's it's the it's sort of the end of act one. You're like, oh, this is what this is going to be about now. Mm-hmm. But like Rod and Nikki are a couple like because that's the Bert and Ernie thing. Like we want them to get together. Yeah. And then that is not going to happen. Yeah. And it's such a great it, I mean, it's amazing. And then everything falls apart like in such a serious way, like very quickly. Oh my gosh. And then, and then he's homeless. <laughs> he's homeless. <laughs> and then Princeton and Kate break up like yeah. two songs later and there's a fine, fine line. Mm-hmm. And then Act two is everybody putting it kind of all back together again and admitting their own humanity and their own mistakes and and all those things about themselves to get to that next thing. Because Princeton, I think, realizing that his purpose, looking for his purpose, is a very selfish goal. He's true, or at least he's he's doing it selfishly. And then he does this very very selfless thing of raising all this money. For oh, and that song is so the funny. The money song, yeah, give me your money. I'm going to raise the money to build that stupid monster school she's always talking about. <laughs> give me your money. What? I need it for Kate. I need it to eat. Come on, Nikki. Oh, get lost. It'll make you feel great. So would a burger. When her dream comes true, it'll all be partly thanks to you. So give me your money. I'd like to, but I can't. Give me your money. I'd like to, but I need it. Give me your money. I'd like to, but I'm homeless. I can't. I need it. I'm homeless. I can't. I need it. I'm homeless. I can't. I need it. I'm homeless. I can't. 
okay, here you go. Thank you. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. And you know, every single one of us have has experienced that exact feeling mm-hmm. of like not wanting to be initially not wanting to be charitable or like being like, oh, should I do this? And then once you give something to someone else, you realize how good that makes you feel. And that's just a song that everyone can relate to. Absolutely. And then they go to the audience. I mean, it's such a great... Oh my God, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. The fact that they turn to the audience and just basically hand out buckets. (laughs) It's it's Mm -hmm. such a smart musical. I mean, the the lack of... I really can't stress enough like how non-gimmicky... Mm-hmm. It is like how it is an integral part yeah. of the story. It is not like a bit like, oh, isn't it funny? These are puppets. They yeah. kind of get you in the door with that idea of like mm-hmm. puppets, full frontal puppet nudity and the stuff they have in the Which poster. Which is still fantastic. But then they <laughs> blow you away with songs like, I mean, you've talked mm-hmm. about Fine, Fine Line, which is a very, very sad and, mm-hmm. and beautiful song. The song that spoke the most to me and still kind of does in this sort of in a different way now that I'm years removed from it though is I wish I could go back to college I wish I could go back to college life was so simple back then what would I give to go back and live in a dorm with a meal plan again (sighs) I wish I could go back to college in college you know who you You sit in the quad and think, oh my god, I am totally gonna go far. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah, and it again has a a song I felt was written literally just for me when you have things. I want to go back to my room and find a message and dry erase pen on the door. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's still a thing. Is it still a thing now? Okay, that's good because it is that thing of like it, it, it was just a different. It's 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 so funny how you don't you know college is this sort of insulated four year period mm-hmm. of your life if you go, but it's safe and safe and it's sweet. But you sort of I think you know that going in, but you don't really realize how how awesome it yeah. <laughs> until you get if out. All, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that I I was thinking about that a couple of weeks ago where I was mm-hmm. like, gosh, life was so easy. Yeah. It was so simple. You had your schedule. You mm-hmm. had your friends. You had everything you needed. And it was like. And freedom. Like you had. Yeah. It's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. Mm-hmm. You have both. And you don't have debt yet because you're accruing it. But it is that. Yeah. It, it's, but you don't realize how good you have it. Yeah. At the time. But then there, there's the end of that song where oh, it's, it's like. true. Yeah. And it's so true. But if I were to go back to college. Think what a loser I'd be. I'd walk through the quad and think, oh my god, these kids are so much younger than me. Which is how I feel teaching college. Like when you see it from that end, it is just like you're babies like and i mm-hmm. was a baby like i was an absolute baby when i came here and i had no idea like what yeah well was i mean happen. like i told you my sister she's thir- she's 13 years younger mm-hmm. so she just she's a freshman right now and i'm seeing her experience these things for the first time whereas i'm like that was you know mm-hmm. that was a while ago yeah for me but i i there was a sense of safety and everyone there's always a moment where you wish you could go back to that. But then you're like, 
the uh, going back to that idea of perspective it's like in the song yeah they're all like well i'm also glad i'm here like yeah, yeah i you wish i could but is, i can't and i'm also like i'm satisfied I'm fine with that so as time has gone on i mean it's been so we'll say it's been about 15 you know the show's 15 some years old mm-hmm. how has it changed for you as you listen to it now and then you listen as you listen to it oh man has it gotten deeper has it gotten you know um you know when i started and i would hear some songs uh specifically again when i started purpose was big for me because i was like i'm young and i'm gonna go find my Mm -hmm. my life with a a ba in theater (laughs) not a ba in english a small liberal arts college yeah exactly Mm -hmm. it's but like you start off and i was actually i would listen to it um with a little bit more weight, knowing that other people felt the way I mm. feel. And like my insecurities are um, also reflected in other people. And I can, having that, knowing that I'm not the only one, knowing that I'm not the only one feeling these ways, mm-hmm. um, put me at, at ease. Now, when I listen to it, I mean, I listened to it, um, I just recapped yesterday and I listened to the album and I was like, now that I'm older, some of these songs are, um, they, I, I don't put as much weight in it because mm. now it's like, now I have the experience. Now I have the history. Now when I hear, like when I was younger and I heard there's a fine, fine line, I'd be like, oh, that's, I'm exactly where you are. I totally understand what you're saying. And now I'm like, okay, girl, you'll figure it out, you know, <laughs> or, or like the purpose. It's like, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, y- you know, in like life, life isn't. Life is what you make of it, mm-hmm. and like now that I've had the experience, I can look at it in a in a a little bit more of a lighthearted way. Where you still, I still hear what's being said, and I still agree when you hear songs um, that have a message. They still relate, but just not as heavy now. Because now my life is settled in, and as as a quote unquote adult, I've I've at least got my path figured out, or at mm. least at least if it's going in different ways i know where it's going versus like showing up to you know avenue q just because it's available right and paying rent to landing where you can land yeah exactly um so in that way in that way i've definitely i think i've seen my growth by listening to the song by listening to the um the musical now versus you know for me i guess like 13 years ago Mm -hmm. um yeah i like different songs now too Oh, like what? Um, this is gonna make me sound so great. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now no. I'm super interested. Uh, no, I I always liked the song uh, "Schadenfreude," mm-hmm. but now I like love that song because mm-hmm. there are days. Yeah. Now that like l- there are days when life like just mm-hmm. kicks you it's kind of all you got and yeah. and that's all you have mm-hmm. to know that and and it, it's it's said and it regardless of how it's kind of a terrible song not the song itself but like no, the but words the, behind yes. it it's it's kind of horrible um but it but it's true it's I mean, all it's, it's thing, true it, it doesn't it doesn't celebrate schadenfreude it just tells you in my opinion what it is mm-hmm. and it's a real thing yeah. i mean it's a thing that we experience everybody poops right. you know it's like Very true. it's like everyone mm-hmm. everyone falls everyone you know it, it's just again it's a reminder that you're not alone in in these things and it's like it for some reason that song it it doesn't say this 
it doesn't go out and just straight up say it, but listening to it, you're like, oh, I'm grateful for what I have, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I, I have a, a kick-ass life. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that song, I, I've always liked that song, yeah. but uh, the other day listening to it, I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 This is great, Michelle. Thank you so much for, for picking this show and, oh and coming down and talking to me about it. Thank you for inviting me. So what do you have coming? Do you have anything coming up that you can tell folks about? I have a couple of, as on my my actor side, yes. I have a couple of things that are um, under the table that are that I'm not ready to sure. announce. Um, on the SoulCycle side, uh, you can find me at SoulCycle. I think in next, on the 20, so Wednesday, 24th or 25th. That's the day the show comes out. Really? Yeah. I'm doing a musical soul cycle class oh. at 14th Street. We're doing um, Dear Evan Hansen versus Hamilton. Oh, my. So if anyone wants to sweat while so they listen to... if you're listening listen to this, to, like, first thing in the morning when it comes out... If you're listening to this, yeah, it's going to be at 8.30. It will be tonight. Oh, at the p.m. Okay. 8.30 Great. p.m. All right. 14th and what? 14th and you. All right. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. In the Cardoza neighborhood. We're going to live our dreams to... And cry. Yeah, a lot I've of done crying. it before. A lot of Actually, one of my favorite things to do is um, I do one of the at Soul Cycle. We also do theme rides, and mm -hmm. and so we pick these random themes. And whenever I pick musicals, it's like everyone comes out from the like. Oh wow! The, woods. From the woodwork, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it's just that all they want to do is just ride a bike and sing, and it's it's a very cool experience. So that's what I'm doing, actually. Awesome. Tonight. Tonight. Yeah. People can find me in Bethesda or in Georgetown at SoulCycle. At SoulCycle. Yeah. And you on the internet? And on, I'm all over the internet. Yeah. You can find my... Uh, don't. You're I, all over Instagram. I like, that's I like hate even saying this. Uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I hate it. You know. Bombshell DC. Oh, that's right. Okay. Bombshell DC. Bombshell that's right. DC. Bombshell DC. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. That's you on yeah. Instagram, which you are active on. I am active yeah. on it, as, as active as I can be. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Michelle Polaire for coming uh, down and talking to me. Thank you so much. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Ah!